I wanted to ring out the bells and fling out my arms and to sing out the news. I have found her, she's an angel, with the dust of the stars in her eyes. We are dancing, we are flying, and she's taking me back to the skies. In the arms of my love, I'm flying over mountains. Welcome to The Real World on CITR 101.9 FM with Dama and Dora. We want to start the show off acknowledging that we are broadcasting live from the unceded Coast Salish Muslim territory here on UBC campus. Um, the Real World is a UBC Film Society's radio show where we bring together campus clubs and organizations through film. Yeah. And it's actually fun that we're doing this now after the AGM <laughs> because if anyone has been listening to the show since the start of the year, Dora was chairperson and I was promotions executive. And now we are still chairperson and promotions <laughs> executive, but the other way around. Whoa. It's crazy. Dama is co-chairing with Marissa Victor, the lovely female that she is. Yeah. And... Dama, freaking queen of the campus Thanks. film society. Oh, that's me all the time <laughs> on it. Um, we just played um, 10 minutes ago from Rogerson, Rogers and Hammerstein Cinderella from the 1997 film version with Brandy and Whitney Houston. 
Great movie. I watched that so much as a child. Nice. It's amazing. I'm glad. Um, Kind of unrelated, but you'll see. We'll bring it back. Yeah. Um, today, we are talking about Whoopi Goldberg. Why are you saying the whoop? Because well, I think it's funny. Okay, okay. I was just like, where does this come from? I actually learned. Okay, so as I just mentioned, um, I watched this movie a lot when I was a kid. Um, and I was watching it a couple days ago. And there's a scene where Bernadette Peters is, um, it's very comical. She's having her little banter with Jason Alexander. And she keeps saying the whole wide world with Hugh. Like, she ke- keeps doing stuff like that. Stop it. And I thought it was so funny when I was a kid. And I still do it all the time. And I'm realizing it's because I watched that scene so many times ah. and thought it was so funny. It was like a weird, like, click, especially because we are talking about Whoopi. Um, and Whoopi is in that movie. Boom! Bring it back. <laughs> Bringing it Fact. That movie has an all-star cast. Whitney oh. Houston plays the fairy godmother. Brandy plays Cinderella herself, the titular character. Jason Alexander from um that from Seinfeld oh, yeah. is like the like a little butler to the prince. Mm-hmm. Um, Whoopi Goldberg is the queen, and the king is another really famous actor, and I can't remember his name right now. I think Victor. But geez, Louise, that alone. Shocking. Yeah. Um, so is it just Cinderella? It's Cinderella, <laughs> but actually, there, it is pretty interesting, I think. Um, it's 1997. Disney produced it. Um, and that's, like, pretty evident in, like, a lot of the visuals. Like, Cinderella has the dress, which, like, I guess is, like, now the classic Cinderella dress. Um, but I don't know if you noticed, Dama, but a lot of the main characters who I yeah. just listed are black. Yeah, <laughs> which is like, oh, that's a fun thing really, to really do. Really, really cool. Really, really fun. Um, this movie was like, I think, like pure 90s um, kind of like racially aware media, I think. Like it, um, and I think it did a really good job. Like the prince is a really handsome Filipino actor. Um, Brandy plays Cinderella. Like they kind of, and like the two stepsisters, there's a white woman and a black woman and like, and um, Whoopi Goldberg's husband is white, but their son is Filipino, and it's like race. It was just like, <laughs> who cares? Like, this is so, so irrelevant, um, which is really, really cool. Um, but I feel like stuff like that is just so not produced anymore. Like, this movie feels like such a flash in the pan. Um, like, it's really beautiful. Um, it's very... I don't know if you know Klimt, the painter. Mm, I, feel, I feel like I've, I've heard of it. Everyone should Google Klimt. He's amazing. He did um, the Google kiss. Google right now. <laughs> On it. Um, one of his most famous paintings is the kiss, which is like two people um, kind of like holding each other being like covered in a blanket like on a cliff oh he's the one that does stuff with gold foil yeah no yeah, 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 yeah. he is most famous for his use of gold foil um oh and it's like very clear that this movie was like pretty much like the aesthetic was 100 percent influenced by yeah. everything he's ever done um and except cinderella's dress which is like kind of like an off but the <laughs> colors like the palette is like down like i remember like even as a child like it's very very colorful it's very very fun it's very very funny um but i remember being like really little and like watching it on my mom's bed and being like oh it's so interesting it's so funny like all the women at the ball are wearing kind of the same colors and the fair like the stepsisters are wearing like kind of the same colors but a little off yeah like even as like a six or seven year old like it was something that I picked up on, and it was, like, I thought it was, like, the coolest thing ever. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, it's just a Cinderella story, but um, not the garbage Cinderella <laughs> animated movie. Like, the Julie I Andrews. like. Yeah, the- no, but the songs are not very good. Oh, no. This is, like, Rodgers and Hammerstein's Cinderella. Um, so this music is amazing. Like, ten minutes ago, like, that wasn't in, like, what do they have, like, is so this is love gack like no um but (laughs) Dora's very critical of Disney movies and their music just like that weird era of like this is a princess we'll write like weird songs like Little Mermaid had great music this isn't about Disney we can move on we're talking about the 1997 Cinderella that Disney produced and I also think it's really funny because I think it was like a TV movie okay Um, so there are like instances where you know that 
a commercial break would have happened. Oh. Not because it like goes black, but because it's like, and here is like fireworks into the night. Like it's just like a very organic like break. Yeah. Oh, um, that's so funny. I would recommend everyone watch this movie. Um, be- also, like because it's the Rodgers and Hammerstein one, um, the story is a lot more like it doesn't have like those animals saving her. Like I don't really like the mice in Cinderella. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I just don't like that. Why do you hate all magic? I don't- <laughs> magic is a good thing. Whimsy. <laughs> Dora Duber, hater of magic. <laughs> yeah, it's on my card. Yeah, you gotta get it. Get yourself branded. Um, <laughs> if you send me an email. Yeah. Dora.duber at IHateMagic.com. Um, I love magic. No, no, no. This is not a Clearly indicative. not. <laughs> but I just don't like that movie very much because I like this one so much better. Okay. Um, the music's way better and the narrative makes a lot more sense. Because it doesn't have magic? <laughs> because it's more like the real world? There's a lot of magic to <laughs> It's just like I just really love it, and I think it did a really good job. Oh my god! I'm sorry. I'm like, Am I throwing you off your game? I think it did a really good job. Dora's not okay. I'm fine. I believe in you. So she really hates magic, but the movie, the movie is great. I, I'm into the fact. What did you watch, Dama? Oh, we're ta- we're just going straight into my movies. That's what we're doing. Okay, later I want to circle back to race blind casting though, because um, it's a way to circle back to Hamilton, which is fun. No, but first my movie. So I watched Rat Race. Um. I feel really bad because I don't have many things to say about this movie. So basically, it's about a bunch of strangers that go to Las Vegas um, and are in a casino. And they all, like, are on the slot machines and get this, like, golden coin, uh, which tells them to go to a, to a place in the casino. And then they go, and basically this eccentric rich guy is like, there's two million dollars hidden in this locker that's in, like, New Mexico get to New Mexico, and whoever gets there first, you have, the, like, everyone gets a key. Whoever gets there first gets to keep the $2 million! Woo! And then it's about, like, the people racing to get the $2 million. So, like, it's funny, I guess, because, like, at first they're all like, oh, no, we're not going to do that. It's probably a scam. Like, we're not doing it. But then they all start like, but... Wait, if no one else yeah. is doing it, then I can do it. So, and everyone has the exact same thought, of course. So they all start finding different ways to get to New Mexico because all the flights are booked. But then it's like, oh no. Oh, did the, the man book all the flights? Um, no, 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 no. It was just like it was super last minute. So then, basically, a bunch of the of the people were able to book flights, but then two of them weren't able to. So they were like, oh, if we can't fly out of here, no one can. So they like mess up the radar stuff in the airport so so no flights can leave so then they're all forced to go by cars it's like some people steal cars and some people just rent them out but then they get lost on the way and Whoopi plays uh like the mother of this child that she hasn't met until they meet up in the casino like she hired a private investigator to like figure out who her daughter was and then contacted her and they decided to meet in las vegas and at first the daughter's like no this is a scam we're not doing it and the mom is like oh okay but then when they realize that everyone else is going the daughter who is this like really successful businesswoman that's like beaten all odds and become successful despite being like an orphan um an orphan (laughs) even though Whoopi goldberg is her mother well she was abandoned so not orphan i guess oh did i not (laughs) i should probably explain (laughs) i did say that she had not met her mother Oh, okay, okay, okay. Uh, not an orphan, just a, an abandoned child <laughs> that was adopted, I guess. I don't. They don't actually explain what happened to the girl. That's just like a pretty significant plot hole. Yeah. Well, it's not like that important, I guess. Whatever. But uh, she's like successful, and then she decides that actually she does want the $2 million. So that's kind of like Whoopi's contribution like she's the mom oh. and she's just like this really sweet woman that's like willing to go for it 
like she Whoopi's the one that goes to the meeting in the first place. The the daughter was like, "No, this sounds like a scam. Let's not go." And Whoopi's like, "No, it would be so. It's such a fun bonding activity." And Whoopi thinks that her daughter's gonna be like this sweet, like great person. And she's not. Like, she's just this really straightforward businesswoman that's actually, like, super neurotic about a lot of things. So she's kind of a control freak. And Whoopi, like, isn't sure how to deal with it for a lot of the movie. But she ends up just, like, smiling a lot and kind of going with it. Oh, weird. Um, And there's this really funny part, I guess, um, when the um, Whoopi and her daughter... I don't know the characters' names at all, but... Whoopi and her daughter Left an are, uh, they're, like, driving to New Mexico, and they, like, get lost, so they can't find the interstate, and is that what it's called? Yeah, okay. I don't know how to speak English. Um, <laughs> they can't find the interstate, but there's, like, this woman that has a bunch of cages on the side of the road, so they're like, excuse me, miss, like, do you know how to get to the interstate? Madam Cage lady. Yes. Turns out, the things in the cages, they're all squirrels. Like, trained squirrels. And she's like, oh, you got, you're lost, are you? Would you like to buy a squirrel? No. And they're like, no, we want to know where the interstate is. And, like, Whoopi's being super nice to this lady. She's like, oh, maybe we should buy a squirrel. Like, why not? Whoopi, she's so no. Nice. <laughs> um, and Whoopi, no, is Whoopi's daughter, who's like, no, we just want to get to the interstate. Yeah. And the lady's like, oh, that's fine then. So she tells them, I actually have a shortcut, and tells them, like, the shortcut to get places. And no, like, the shortcut just leads them off of this kind of cliff-type thing where there's just a lot of signs that say, like, you should have bought a squirrel. That's so, so funny. I'm like, what? <laughs> this is so weird. Um, but unfortunately, at this point in the movie, I have to point out... And I will be hated by the masses. Roman Polanski? The guy that plays Mr. Bean. Rowan? Oh, Rowan Atkinson. Yeah. Why did I say... Roman Polanski? Where where did that... This is... Okay, I'm going to say, this is very indicative of Dama, who apparently knows no celebrity ever. Shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up, shut up. You've been... Um, Reveal. No. <laughs> I tried in my head before we came into the show. I was like Atkinson, 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 oh, Atkinson, and then I got in here and I'm like Polanski. Yeah, <laughs> oh my god. Okay, but Mr. Bean is in this. I should have just gone with Mr. Yeah, Bean. Why did I try? It's okay. Why did I try? Ugh. Anyway, um, so Mr. Bean is in this movie, and I don't like Mr. Bean. I don't, I don't like the guy that plays him. I don't like the movies themselves. Yeah, and you're definitely making the masses I'm unhappy. sorry. I don't think he's funny. I think he's really annoying and makes me kind of uncomfortable. And I don't... I can't get behind it. So he plays this, like, weird Italian guy who, like, oh. doesn't know what he's doing at all. He's, like, with a terrible Italian accent as well. Yeah. He's just, like, acting like a really dumb Italian dude. Who's Which like, doesn't make any sense. Yeah, he's just like, yeah, I'm here. I got the prize. I won the thing. I'm in a race. I don't think you have to do the <laughs> <laughs> I have to explain how dumb it is. Um, and for like half of the movie, he just like falls asleep standing up. So like it's apparent that he has some kind of narcolepsy. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's just like, I'm in a race. And he's like running. And then he just falls asleep. Oh, that's so frustrating. And stays asleep for a long time. That makes me so mad when it's like, oh, no, like, this is, like, a mental illness that you have. Like, it's a joke. <laughs> yeah. That's really funny. So, yeah, I'm okay. not I'm not super into him at all, but also the character was really dumb. I did not find him funny. I never find him funny, to be fair. So may- that maybe that's on me. Um, but, yeah, it's, like. I don't know. I finished my finals yesterday, so I just wanted to watch a funny movie. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, Whoopi Goldberg movies. And this is like, this is a comedy. Okay. I have several thoughts on this um, that I will tell you after we play these community messages. Do you love the idea of empowering female youth through music creation and performance? Girls Rock Camp Vancouver is a 100% volunteer-driven nonprofit that promotes self-esteem and builds technical skills in female and non-binary youth ages 8 to 18. Help support this initiative by donating, volunteering, or attending their end-of-camp performance July 15th at the Rio Theatre. If you're interested in being a camper or volunteering with Girls Rock Camp, visit girlsrockcampvancouver.ca. 
had a hankering to ski the world-famous slopes of Whistler? Boy, do we have great news for you. Escape the city in one of Zipcar's many mountain-ready vehicles. Plus, get $30 back in free driving credit when you tweet a selfie on the slopes at Zipcar Vancouver. Zipcar. Wheels when you want them. Tired. 
Welcome back to the real world on CITR 101.9 FM um, with Dama and Dora. <laughs> um, you just heard Talking About Her by Bernice off of their EP Puff. Um, they're kind of like an indie dream R&B band out of Toronto, which is mm-hmm. really cool. And then just before that, um, we played Sasha Slug's Cosmo off of her new like f- Moon Phase EP. It's just three songs. Oh. Um, it's oh gosh cosmo nova and orbit um which i think is really cool i was just really really taken yeah i think so too um but that's like neo soul out of montreal um another really good band um so we are talking about whoopi goldberg today whoopi goldberg you mean (laughs) oh my bad i i mispronounced her birth name yeah (laughs) how dare you cool b goldberg Whoopi Goldberg. <laughs> um, yeah, yes, no. <laughs> um, so I spoke a little bit about Cinderella as much as I could, and Dama spoke about Rat Race. I watched a couple other movies, but I'm going to refocus on what Dama said at the end of her explanation, which was um, that it was just a very lighthearted comedy. Yeah. Like pure comedy, um, which I think is really interesting. Um, Considering Whoopi Goldberg's first movie was The Color Purple. Yeah. It's like, why? Yeah. How, how did that how happen? How do you get to this? Um, I don't... Have you seen The Color Purple? I wanted to see The Color pu- Purple, but then it was like, I need to watch something funny right now. <laughs> so I didn't. Um, yeah, it's a heavy movie. Yeah. Um, for the listeners who don't know it, um, it's based off a book um, by Alice Walker. It's beautiful. Um. 10 out of 10 would recommend that read um and the film follows uh cc i feel like i think that's her name uh cc something um and she is this like poor black woman in well starts off a poor black girl in like alabama um and gets married very young with like a not very nice husband and it really is just kind of like following her life it was um kind of like a dramatized memoir of or no i think it's pure fiction um but it just like follows her life um when she realizes she's a lesbian and like falls in love with this woman who then falls in love with this man and like they still kind of live together but she also gets married to the man and it's really lovely it's just kind of like about heartbreak (laughs) um and like pain um very different from literally the entirety of Whoopi Goldberg's filmography um I, like, saw Whoopi Goldberg for the first time in Cinderella, as I said earlier. That was, like, one of my favorite movies when I was, like, a child. Um, But I also saw Ghost. Um, Have you ever seen that movie? No. It has probably the most parodied scene of all time. Um, It's not, like, Whoopi Goldberg has a very prominent part. I think she won Best Supporting Actress for that film. Um, But it's about, um, I don't know if, okay, there are, like, three main points about me as a person. I love High School Musical. Yeah. I love Twilight. 
And I love Dirty Dancing. Okay. Key role in Dirty Dancing is Patrick Swayze is the dirty dancer. Yeah. He introduces the dancing that is kind of dirty. (laughs) Um, And um, in Ghost, he plays... um, this like bank guy yeah. um and demi moore plays his partner um and then he gets killed very early on <gasps> and he comes back as a ghost and Gobi goldberg plays this like seance who um like is like a, a fake like she only pretends to be able to yeah. um do it except for him um and he <sighs> sh- she like actually is able to hear him and then like once he's kind of like revealed to her um she can hear all these other ghosts in her life as well um, like very all of a sudden, and she's like, "Oh, like you're taking over my life," um, because now she can listen, talk to ghosts. Talk to ghosts. Um, and Patrick Swayze um, kind of like gets her to help him solve his murder. Um, no spoilers, but it's a real twist. Um, and she's hilarious in that movie because, like, if you think of that, like that concept, I feel like it's really easy. Um, and I feel like I've seen a lot where, like, oh, this person can talk to ghosts. Um, and then, like, they just have interactions with this with this fake person all mm-hmm. the time. Because, like, also when you're acting with someone, like, the scene is shot with two humans. Mm-hmm. So, like, it feels very normal and, like, you're, like, whatever. But Whoopi Goldberg spends the entire movie very aware mm-hmm. and, like, very, like, acts, like, very, very, yeah, I guess aware of the fact that no one else can see this. Mm-hmm. And, like, her actions are weird. Um but she's hilarious. Yeah. But um, even at that point, she's played, um, like, she's kind of b- gotten a little bigger, kind of grown into her body. Um, like, I don't think of Whoopi Goldberg as, like, a thin, slender mm-hmm. person. Yeah. Um, I just think of her as, like, broad, which is, like, sick. She's beautiful. But in The Color Purple, she is so thin. It is so freaky. Really? Um, I watched it, and I was like, that has Whoopi Goldberg's face? But I do not know what the rest of yeah. that body is. Wow. Um, it was really, really strange. But that's also, like, in the um, book, she starts out very small. And then, like, as she becomes more herself, like, okay. she um, kind of, like, grows into herself. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I was really freaked out by it when I saw that movie for the first time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but Ghost, the scene that is most parodied, I'm just going to kind of wrap yeah, that yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, please. Um, there's a um, – so Demi Moore is a, a – uh, she's a um, – what do you say? The potter? Clay clay okay. maker? <laughs> She's an artist. Mm-hmm. She uses clay. Um, and um, they start the movie off before Patrick Swayze dies as they have, like, a little sexy scene mm-hmm. where he, like, comes and, like, comes behind her and um, they start messing with the clay and then it goes on from there. Whoa. Yeah, which is, like, scandalous. But um, then they revisit that when he's a ghost um, and he does the same thing. But... Um, he's a ghost and she just like feels his presence so it's just like a little creepier (laughs) um but that like pot that pottery thing i have seen it so oh my god there's a scene about that in community yeah no of course there is oh my god it's so funny yeah i was thinking about scene um I think it's funny that you didn't know what that scene was because that whole episode, the yeah, guy's like, I'm not going to ghost you. <laughs> like, this isn't going to be a ghost thing. Yeah. And like, I didn't get it. I Googled. I Googled like, what is ghosting? And it's like, ghosting is not <laughs> when you answering your text stuff. messages. And I'm like, what is, what is, when I don't pottery. understand. Um, yeah, I was a little confused by it, but I was like, funny. I mean, okay, I guess I don't get this episode. That's okay. <laughs> that's fine. It's not for me. And that's just how it works. <laughs> um, but Ever since that, like, she start, she made um, The Color Purple in 1985, mm-hmm. um, incredibly serious role. Then she, in 1986, she made Jumpin' Jack Flash, which was her first big movie after it. And it's a ludicrous comedy. Uh-huh. Um, she, hold, she, like, brandishes a giant toothbrush <laughs> the whole time. Um, just, like, a fun, strange, like... Like, I feel like she wanted to be a comedic actor. Yeah. Um, but, like... So where did the color purple yeah, come from? Yeah, but, like, from? that's, like, that was a huge role. Yeah. Um, and, like, a huge land. I think she's an amazing actress. I think she's an amazing dramatic actress. I think she's an amazing comedic actress. Um, it kind of reminds me... I find this a lot with... I don't know if... I'm just, like, being the worst here. But with a lot of, like, performers of color as they get into the industry or, like 
like my example is always Jay Z. Like he is an amazing businessman, and he wanted to be a businessman. Mm-hmm. Um, he just happened. He was luckily also a really amazing rapper as well. Yeah. So he was able to use um, this thing that like kind of is an equalizer, which is like actual talent, yeah. <laughs> and like he was able to capitalize on that, and then from that after he had garnered that kind of fame and capital was able to become the businessman that he wanted to be yeah um and like Whoopi goldberg is an amazing comedian she wanted to be a comedic actress the role available to her was the color purple she nailed it um but then was able to do what she actually wanted to do from there yeah Yeah, um which i think is a really fascinating trajectory um i don't know about you (laughs) yeah yeah that's like really really interesting to me like before before this episode, I guess, like, I hadn't really seen too many Whoopi Goldberg films. I saw, I saw Sister Act, and I was like, oh, she's funny. Yeah. <laughs> that was, like, the kind of thing that I had. But then when I Googled Whoopi Goldberg films, I was like, the color of pro one. I'm like, oh, she must have a lot of serious movies then. No, that's the one. <laughs> like, no, no. It's, she's just, a, she does comedy. It's my initial, my initial reaction of, like, oh, she's funny was what was right the whole time <laughs> um but yeah, i'm glad i i didn't end up watching the color purple otherwise i would have been like it's yeah intense. she's such a talking about her like dramatic roles as if that's like <laughs> what she does yeah no weirdly rat race which didn't sound like a really amazing movie is no. way more indicative of her career yeah um yeah. she like something that i do find i was thinking about this with comedians the other day like comedians make a lot of movies mm-hmm. nine out of ten are garbage oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, which is unfortunate. Yeah, I wish that wasn't the case. Um, I have a theory about that. I think that the people who, I think writing it and I think performing it, it is really funny. Because, like, when you're, like, I think if you'd seen a, like, really bad comedy film on stage, you it would be, it would feel better. Oh, yeah. Um, because, like, you're actually in it. Like, you, like, can feel the energy and, like, that's around. Mm-hmm. But when you're watching it on screen, you're just like, that's just not funny. <laughs> like, yeah. You can't get away with, like, not being funny when there's that level of disconnect. Yeah. Um, it's just a side note. Yeah, it's interesting. Thank you. Um, we're going to play a couple ads um, and then continue talking about Whippy. Yay. Tune in every other Sunday from 3 to 4 p.m. for Blood on the Saddle with your host, Dan N. For real, authentic country. ITR member and make some new friends. Members get discounts downtown at Little Sisters Book and Art Emporium, the Cinematheque, the Fall Tattooing, Selectors Records, Community Thrift and Vintage, Vinyl Records, Sakura's Classical Records, and Beat Street Records. What would we do without our friends? Hey, and welcome back. Yeah. That was a quick little blip in the real world's really cohesive narrative yeah as per usual cohesive as always <laughs> um i was kind of interrupted by myself way earlier in this episode <laughs> um i'm gonna circle back as always yeah you know what real real keeps it tight yeah we really bring it all together yeah i believe in that <laughs> you're a producer of this show yeah, that's why i believe it <laughs> i um, have to <laughs> Um, but we were talking about, um, well, I was talking about Cinderella, um, the 1997 version of the Rodgers and Hammerstein classic, which was produced in 1997 yeah. with Whitney Houston and Brandy. Actually, fun fact about this. I remember when I was little, I think I'm missing a part of humanity because I have seen so many Brandy appreciation articles and posts and videos. I don't think her voice is that good, but apparently... Her voice is shockingly amazing. Um, so that's just something I need to get over. Um, but How Whit- dare you? I know. But Whitney Houston handpicked Brandy to be in this film because she thought she was so talented. Huh. Weird. Yeah. 
um fun fact but um we were talking i was talking very 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 briefly about race blind casting yeah um i think it's like as a kid, I think it was really important for me to see that um, because I was like, yeah, of course, like in my brain, Brandy was Cinderella. I saw that movie way more times than I saw the original Disney version. Uh-huh. My mom didn't let me see the original Disney version because she thought that the mom was too mean. She thought that what? it was too realistically mean <laughs> and that I didn't need that in my life. Um, what? I know. But the this version is really, really beautifully made it made me like really appreciate musical theater which is like a big part of my life now um it made me really appreciate like that was my probably the first film i saw like i feel like a lot of films they want the art deck to be like very natural and look very normal um but that was the first film that i saw where they were like no no no, this is a fun wacky like live action movie Mm -hmm. um with like sparkly vests and like huge gold like swirls everywhere like it's really silly and really fun um but it made me really appreciate like artistic um art design and like deliberate art design Mm -hmm. and um like yes i would love to hear whitney houston saying it's possible that feels amazing to me Mm. um the casting in the film is just really really like if a kid saw that and they like internalize like oh yeah this filipino guy and this black woman can be the stars mm-hmm. like that's awesome but the weird thing about it is it was a tv movie so like they were being like that's what i kind of meant earlier when i said it was like 90s like race relations because it's like they were like look at this amazing little pocket of media that we made isn't it so beautiful isn't it so like aware like isn't it so open but at the same time like the movie that they made of it had a little white woman as the star like like she's animated but like that's like a very different message and i know they came out at different times but it just felt like a very like pat on the back like like retrospectively it's like look at me like i did this amazing thing and it is amazing it's wonderful i think everyone in the world should watch this movie Uh i think it's so fun um but like in a very contained and like okay we did this thing perfect parcel done yeah we made it but you wanted to bring it back to hamilton <laughs> no it's just like because you you were mentioning that there's not a lot of race blind casting done currently which is like true i feel like there's been a lot of like a shift from the 90s where like we're not we're still trying hard i guess to have more representation of like non-white people in film um but but it's not a thing where it's like we're willing to not be historically accurate Mm -hmm. a lot and that's something that i think hamilton does really coolly and like well because they get like hamilton which i've spoken about too many times on this show before is about alexander hamilton the founding father who was very white as were all the other founding fathers because they came from britain and then were here um by here i mean the u.s so not here um but the cast of hamilton is like they don't care what race you are when you're auditioning for the part so it's like they're they don't have they don't only pick white people to be Washington. Like, the original cast is mostly black and Latino, which is so cool. Um, the only white person is King George. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, like, crazy. So cool. Um, oh, gosh. I had a thought in my brain. Oh, no. Well, my point with that was I think it's really cool that we're starting to get that in musical theater. And it could be, like... a. Th- Hamilton has become a huge phenomenon. Like, if you have, you've heard of Hamilton. People have heard of Hamilton. Um, so the fact that it was so huge, I think, may soon be impacting like the cinema sphere. Yeah, and that's like I find the whole like, oh, but like that's not accurate. So hypocritical, um, especially in the wake of like The Last Samurai and like Ghost in the Shell, where it's like oh. they don't care if they're placing a white figure, a white person in a typically non or traditionally historically non-white role but as soon as it becomes oh let's put a person of color whatever like let's make them betty smith who made the flag 
<laughs> the woman who made the American flag. Like, yeah. they're like, no, we cannot. Like, that this weird, like, sanctity around, like, preserving whiteness yeah. is so strange. Um, but I don't feel like that was, like, as... In the 90s, I think there was more... Like, I was reading this article... <laughs> um about how like race relations have actually gone backwards since like the 70s and like in the 70s because it was such like a relevant like the discrimination was so um visible and it had just become like voting rights had like just recently become achieved like civil rights happened in the late 60s so in the 70s there was a lot of um media and work done to like actually throw like equal amounts of white people and non-white people together mm. normally non-white people or white people and black people but like like have media and content created with like equality and like actual like like three group like six person group great three are gonna be white three are gonna be black um that's like specifically in music um and then since then it's become very very segregated and like it's become more like which is, like, also, like, very valid, but it's, like, no, like, we're going to create platforms for, like, single, like, African-American stars, and, like, they're going to, like, which is a very powerful way of, like, creating social capital and creating change and, like, change in the conversation and everything. Um, but, like, this shift at focusing towards just, like, individualizing, like, African-American stardom and individualizing, like, African-American talent Um which is awesome, um, but it made it so that, like, any, like, integration was, like, kind of, like, mm, no, like, why are you doing that when, like, you could be making an all-black cast, mm-hmm. like, um, which which is kind of, like, an interesting, um, like, spin, I guess, yeah. um, in the 90s, and, like, both their pros and cons to literally everything, um, <laughs> but this film, I thought, really, like, encapsulated this, like, 90s try to, like, harken back to like the 70s where it was like no no no, like we're just gonna do whatever we want to do because also even like hamilton is like there's only one black actor and they played the villain of the one white play. actor oh my god yeah no no that's <laughs> what i meant <laughs> lots of black actors yes, in so hamilton. many um but like even that is like and like it's so powerful to see so many people of color like in these amazing roles t- telling amazing stories like devil may care um and kind of like with little like no yeah like no regard for like whatever they all to be white or whatever um like historically but um it's at the same time there's like there is no i don't think like contemporary um like parallel or like alternative to this kind of like like truly like people of all different races are in the same film and it like Mm -hmm. really doesn't matter yeah yeah yeah, definitely like from what I remember of the cast of Hamilton, like, you don't have any, like, Filipino... I, th- I don't think there's any Asian representation no, no, no. at all. It's Latino, it's black and, Latino. and black. Yeah. Um, which is, like, fine. That's, like, cool, too. Um, <laughs> it's more than fine. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I did think it was interesting. Like, mm, I wonder why there aren't a lot of... Why there isn't a lot of Asian representation in Hamilton. Maybe there... I don't know. I don't know what it is. But... Uh, it is definitely different from the Cinderella production because that has like everything. <laughs> so it's like one from each race. Yeah, I remember one. even as a kid being really thrown that there was a Filipino lead, and I was like, "But what? That doesn't make any sense." Why? But it's really cool. Yeah, like thank you, but yeah. how? <laughs> um, but bring it back to Whoopi. <laughs> She's great because we're doing. No, no, I actually have a thought. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> Um, last week I did a kind of poor episode by myself, um, because it was very sad. Dom could not make it. I'm so sorry. It's okay. I got over it. Um, but I talked about Susan Sarandon, um, and part of, um, my kind of thoughts and conclusions about her was her filmography, like, she doesn't make, she doesn't, she does do some, like, explicitly feminist roles, but her filmography is just a series of like strong women like every single role that she takes actively uh, like tries to achieve this like yeah just like a strong complex like really well-rounded character okay that is a woman yeah um and like i think of that like that's part of why i love her so much is because like she really does like make roles and make content that like 
like any woman can be like or like any person can be like yes like that's cool like that makes me feel kind of represented a little bit yeah and Whoopi Goldberg kind of does that as well um in that like she plays a wide array of women yeah a wide array of characters um in comedies in a drama (laughs) but um they're all like every because also what's cool about Susan Sarandon and Whoopi Goldberg is like Susan Sarandon's whole thing is like that she is a woman and like that's something that she's very like conscious of when she goes into a role and that every character is conscious of that she plays Mm -hmm. um and Whoopi Goldberg's thing is that she's a black woman so every role that she um performs um is very aware of her gendered status and very aware of her racial status like in relation to the other characters like thinking of ghost like not so much in Cinderella because that's kind of the whole point but like in ghost like Patrick Swayze and Demi Moore are two like rich white creatives living in New York or well Demi's a rich white creative he's a rich white banker um and like this like poor african-american like fake psychic um is the one who's been chosen to like heed his pleas and like they have to like go into the bank and like like sleuth out some stuff um and there's a scene where she has to pretend to be like a wealthy white woman um like just kind of to get into this woman's account yeah and tiger Swayze knows everything to say and like knows all the info so it's not a big deal um but like her performing that of like being like oh no like i'm actually like a very wealthy african-american woman um which is like a scenario that like her character has never really been in um like whoopi goldberg part of why i think her performance was so amazing is like she's very like very visibly uncomfortable in that scene and like very visibly like this feels weird like this is not something that i'm used to no 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 um and she messes it up (laughs) like she met like the character like signs the wrong thing and da 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 but Whoopi Goldberg I feel like goes into like a she takes roles which is important um but also goes into these roles like very conscious of like her intersectional status like within the film itself yeah yeah which is really really interesting and I think really really powerful yeah I think that's like a good point thank you real nice we wrapped it up we brought it back did as always (laughs) as always on this show um so that's kind of all i have to say about Whoopi goldberg yeah yeah i again i feel just really bad because all i watched was rad race and that's like but we got some good points out of it it was cute um let's talk about film talk a little bit sure so we mentioned at the very beginning of the show that i am no longer chairperson and dama has yeah. taken the reins. Um, what do we have coming up? Well, we're actually really excited. We actually have fun stuff happening over the summer. Which is really weird. Yeah, we don't do that a lot. But we're trying out, um, I guess if you listened last year, we talked about the 35mm Club, which was just a kind of weekly slash bi-weekly, depending on how much time we had that, <laughs> that week, um, workshop that our theater ex-theater manager Mike Johnston was hosting uh, where we just went to the Norm Theater and learned how to use our 35mm projector because we have two of those and we have a huge Bollywood collection that like we could be playing and film projection I like I think of um, I th- it's something that I feel like people who aren't in like the cinema community don't really care about but it's like a huge deal yeah it's like really cool yeah and to know like, and be able to project these things and we just like i think it's so interesting that we like have the capacity or like so awesome that we have the capacity to like share that knowledge yep yeah so what we're doing over the summer the since we don't have uh the norm until 2018 kind of um we're going to be renting out the cinematech uh is it bi-weekly or weekly it's bi-weekly bi-weekly june 1st to august 25th yes what she said um (laughs) to continue the 35 millimeter club so if you have no experience whatsoever you are welcome to come and join the 35 millimeter club i'll be there i have no experience yeah and it's great because you will learn how to project in 35 millimeter film which is so cool it's such a cool skill to have and not a lot of theaters have that capacity anymore so it's a dying art and we also have stickers oh we have really cool stickers that we will 
definitely be giving away <laughs> at the 35 millimeter club sessions. So if you want stickers or if you want to learn how to project or both, both are valid. Both are a good reason to come to the 35 millimeter club. Go over the summer because it's it's kind of our trial run. We're going to see how it works out and then we're going to keep it going um, throughout the year, hopefully. But we have the capacity to do these things now, which is really exciting. So come because it'll be fun. And this is my last real world live in the studio. Don't go. (laughs) Hopefully I'll be joining Dora in June, like over Skype or something. We'll figure it out. Yeah. Maybe. So see you for now. Have a good day. (laughs) Thanks so much for tuning in. Yeah. Who are we shouting out to? Okay. Shout Shout out out to Bernadette Peters. Peters. your fingers through your spine goosing your figure in mine pulling them together like it's magic can you feel it streaming through your blood like an ocean coursing as a flood forcing motion pulling us together like it's magic just slow down a minute, take this down a minute I need to let the breath lift off my chest Before I let the things back in it Just slow down, push That's what I can see right through you Maybe now I can let you into my chest before I let the other things back in Hold on Just let the rhythm take back the night Hold on It's just a matter of time until we see the light Hold on Come a little bit closer, load up the light Hold on This is a matter of time until we are the night I'm just trying to say It's all I know When the rhythm attempts to take control I can't seem to stream out of my blood when the rhythm attempts to take my soul i'm just trying to say it's all i know say it's all i know i'm just trying to say it's all i'm just trying to say it's all i know say it's all i know hold on just let the rhythm take back the night Hold on, it's just a matter of time until we see the light. Hold on, come a little bit closer and put up the light. Hold on, it's just a matter of time until we are the night. Take this slow for a minute My heart may lose control My mind can take no reason to hold on to it Can we take this slow for a minute My heart may lose control